December 28th. You're here with the Sports Machine with Slim. Thanks for tuning in. WKXL Radio. I'm going to start the show today with a question. I think the answer is obvious. Did Caleb Williams hurt his draft stock by not playing last night? This is a relevant topic for New England area sports fans because the New England Patriots are going to be in the market for a quarterback in this year's draft. It's coming up. Depending on how many games we win here over the last two in the NFL season, we could have anywhere from like the number two pick overall. I think even number one is a possibility. It could be down to like five, six, or number seven. And there's going to be a handful of quarterbacks coming out in the draft that people think have a pretty darn high likelihood of success. The number one expected overall pick for the past, I mean, 12 months has been Caleb Williams. His betting odds have been, you need to bet 500 to make 100 if he's the number one overall pick. Well, last night, Mr. Caleb Williams, who last season was your Heisman Trophy winner. Incredible year. This year, with USC, not so much five losses. He decides to sit out last night's bowl game against Louisville because he's entering the NFL draft. He doesn't want to get hurt, and he's expected to be the number one pick. So what the heck? What's he going to do? Well, he takes a seat. His replacement comes in. A fellow by the name of Miller Moss, a sophomore, has only played in, like, scrub cleanup duty early in the season. He starts the game. He throws 23 for 33, 372 yards, six touchdowns, one interception in a 42 to 28 absolute beatdown of Louisville, the team that lost to Florida State in the ACC final. So I would say that, uh, you know, that doesn't bode well for the ACC and Florida State's contention that they should have been in the Final Four teams when the second-best team from your conference goes and plays a USC team without their starting quarterback and without a few other players as well, and you just get curb-stomped with the passing game. I could read through some stats, but here's the deal. This Miller Moss character, I told you six TDs, one interception. The one interception was as his team was on like the seven or eight-yard line going in to score another touchdown. He threw the ball just just off. The defender from Louisville steps in front, takes it back to uh, you know the 30-yard line or something like that, but saves the touchdown. Otherwise, it might have been seven touchdowns, no interceptions. I ask you, I mean, can anyone roll out of bed and just become the USC starting quarterback and then get drafted number one overall? I've said it from the beginning days of this show here on the Sports Machine with Slim. Caleb Williams is not the guy we want. He's not the guy we want. Last night adds so much proof to my argument. Come on. The backup, a sophomore who hasn't started the game before, steps into that lineup with those receivers, throws for 372 yards, six touchdowns. Could have easily been seven touchdowns. Louisville had nothing to defend them against. It was everybody was wide open every single play. The receivers for USC, when they weren't wide open, they were six inches taller than the defensive back from Louisville, and the, the quarterback just threw it up the way that he should, and the USC receiver went up and grabbed it. So I'm uh, going to give myself some huge pats on the back. I just checked the local gambling facility's website 
for the state of New Hampshire, I'm not seeing odds up anymore as to who's going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. If the Patriots have the number one pick, I'm on record, I want Jaden Daniels. Yes, I was saying that when he was 75 to 1. He's down, I think, to 15 to 1. And when these odds pop back up, I wouldn't be surprised to see him be 5 to 1. There is no way Caleb Williams should be the number one pick in the draft. Absolutely 0% chance that Caleb Williams should be the number one pick in the draft, even though everybody thinks he's going to be. That's how we're getting started today on WKXL Radio. New Hampshire, you have a sports talk radio show right here, The Sports Machine with Slim, every weekday from 10 to 11. I come at you with some hot takes. Some turn out good, some turn out not so good. Two of my big takes are the San Francisco 49ers will win it all in the NFL this season. I know, they did not look so great here this past Monday night. And the Boston Celtics will win the NBA title this season as well. I am staying on those two all the way to the winner's circle because that's going to happen. The Bruins, I've said many a time here, I don't know quite so much as about hockey as I do about other sports, and in particular basketball. That's my real stronghold. But the Bruins are a team that I want to start to watch some more and learn more about. One, because I'm doing a sports talk radio show every single day, and I kind of sound foolish if I don't know anything about uh, Bruins, you know, the major hockey team in the area. But two, because we're good again. The Boston Bruins have the best record in the Eastern Conference, even though they had lost four out of six before heading into last night's game. So let's give them some time here for the remainder of the first segment. Then I might dive in a little bit back to that USC victory. I'll tell people BC, Boston College, Eagles, they play football. Do you know today in a bowl game, 11 o'clock, right when we're off the air, they're going on ESPN to play. BC's playing SMU. I'll give you some stats on that and some info about what to look for during that game. Then we can wrap it up with some NFL stuff. We do have a game tonight. Cleveland plays the Jets and a Cleveland Browns team that nobody's talking about is starting to appear on my radar as a team that could actually make it out of the AFC. The Cleveland Browns have some interesting data behind them to say maybe, maybe, maybe they're going to be able to make it. Now, we got a caller that we can start in with for a couple of minutes here. McBFQ, thanks for calling the show. Did you like my take about Caleb Williams or what? I actually love it. And most importantly, have you seen a picture of Miller Moss I did for the first time last night, and I, I looked at it on my phone right now. He has, Remember when the Celtics, every single guy had that same haircut? Miller Moss has that Boston Celtics haircut. That's when the Celtics were winning titles, man, when everybody had that haircut back He's in the day. He's got that Bailey Zappi flavor. <laughs> he, except Bailey Zappi just real high and tight. The day he gets his closest haircut, Bailey Zappi's nope. would look like that. Now when it grows nope. out a bit. Remember when they were talking about Liner going to be the number one pick out of USC, and mm-hmm. then he just slid, and he slid, and he slid, and it's like everyone knew. That's The, the mean, draft spots in the NFL, it's really crazy. The news that comes out towards the end of the season is not the same news and the same predictions that's being made two months later when the draft is actually held. It happens all the time, Bob. You know what would be great is if actually that win – against Denver forces us to take Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> well, that's that's what's going to be really cool as the draft comes up. You're absolutely right. We don't know where we're going to be, and we have no idea who anybody's going to take and who who would want to draft up, uh, move up in the draft, right, by giving future first-round picks or And whatever. also, if we have a lower pick, Bill can give him a million dollars less, and you know he'll be excited about that. We're not drafting offensive linemen in this draft, right? That, there's no way no, no, no. that's happening. We're going bigger, going home, and... Uh... I, uh, I had one more thing I wanted to hit because it's starting within the hour, Boston College, and why 
you should be betting against them. I would say the same thing. Go ahead. Okay. They don't belong in this game. <laughs> They're 6-6. Six and six. They're on a three-game slide. It all comes down to the money, honey. The only reason they're in this game is because they can get those BC alumni to stuff those seats in Fenway Park and spend way more than they would in the middle of nowhere else. SMU is 10-2. and two. They're going to crush this team. And, yeah, you got to lay like 10 points. But, I mean, if you're a money line better, hit SMU. If you're a point spread better, don't worry about it. BC is not going to cover the spread. I love that you brought it up, Bob, and I'll toss it back to you in a second. Yes, this game is being held at Fenway Park. Did you know, though, this SMU QB is going to be a guy by the name of Kevin Jennings, and he's only started one game so far this year. He was 19-33 to for 203 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions against Tulane. Can the BC Eagles defense rise to the occasion as much as Tulane did? Maybe this guy's not that good. Do you have any idea what happened to Preston? I have no idea. Oh, geez. Yeah, no. I, I didn't know they were starting yeah. the kid. See, I bring that some data. Very I... little. <laughs> BC still <laughs> BC quarterback Thomas Castellanos is third in the country for rushing yards by a quarterback with 957. So the question will be, can the SMU defense stop a running quarterback from BC? Preston broke his leg, so if he was playing, BC probably could cover. So, yeah, he, he doesn't want to play on that uh, broken fibula. Understandable. And SMU had 47 sacks this year, which was second in the NCAA. Look at these stats I'm bringing to the table today, Bob. Oh, you <laughs> you got inspired. I love it. I lo- I'm not exactly a stat maven. Like, I mean, I get paid to deal with them all day. It's not exactly what I want to do with my sports entertainment. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to bring it every once in a while. I, I, I like a little, you know, back up to the opinion. You know, I like to shoot my mouth off, but I also like to have a little substance to it. Well, I think what you said makes sense. BC doesn't really seem to be long in this game. They're 6-6 six and six on the season. SMU's 11-2. No, they're a money play. They don't belong in this game. They should have been playing two weeks ago. Well, there we go. Six We're getting six. treated to them today as we start to hear the music in the background. Six We're rolling in a league where if you go 13 and 0, you can't even make the <laughs> <laughs> Trash in the ACC. I love it, Bob. All right, as I mentioned, we're going to be coming back talking a little bit more about that ACC and uh, FSU being snubbed from the Final Four. This is The Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and nhtalkradio.com. Sports Machine with Slim. I want to talk Bruins, but as you just saw as we opened up this episode here in the first segment, I kind of got distracted and I started talking about football, and this is the way my TV works at night. Like, I want to know more about the Bruins. I want to like the team. I want to watch them. I want to get invested, but... I like football better, and I like I like basketball better, especially if the Celtics are on. Tonight, the Celtics are playing, just as a heads up, so my TV can go to the Celtics game. It could go to the Cleveland Jets game. It could potentially go to some bowl games. I love this time of the year, 
Sports fans, you're in the right place. The Sports Machine with Slim. Next Generation Sports Talk Radio. Listen to these stats from last night's game just to pick more up on my take about the Pac-10 being horrible. Pac-12, Pac-18, whatever they're called now, right? Listen to these stats from this game. It was so just uh, two-sided. When Louisville had the ball, they lost 42-28. to Jack Plummer is Louisville's quarterback. He's 21 of 25. Sounds good, right? 21 completions out of 25 attempts. That, that sounds incredible. 141 yards. 141 yards. He was literally passing the guys out of the backfield and tight ends who weighed probably 250 and had maybe 270, had zero mobility. Like They would catch the ball, turn around, and they were just so slow. It was just pathetic. <laughs> I mean, they're great athletes. I'm sure they're incredibly strong. And where that strength came out to be proven was in the running game. Louisville ran the ball 45 times for 220 yards. Their number one uh, running back here, Garendo, I think was the guy's name, 23 carries for 161 yards. That's seven yards per carry, three touchdowns. So USC could not stop the Louisville running game at all. USC, when they had the ball in their passing, as I mentioned, 23 out of 33, 372 yards for Miller Moss, but the rushing game, not so great for USC. 19 rushes, 71 yards. That's 3.7 yards a carry. With all the open space that their receivers had, the threat, all the offensive weaponry that was on display for USC, the defense still wasn't spread out enough. Like, uh, amazing to me. Amazing to me just that USC couldn't run the ball. 19 carries, 71 yards. So this feeds right into my take. The Pac-12 on the offensive and defensive lines? No. No good, man. No good. And Washington, Texas, when they match up on January 1st, Texas is putting points on the board. Take that to the bank. I'll clip this. We can come back and revisit it one way or the other. I'm telling you right now, the Texas Longhorns are going to score many points against Washington when they play in the ball game. Now, do I think Washington's going to be able to score on the other side? Yes, that's why I'm telling you. 63.5 for a total in that game. I'm expecting over 80. I think both teams score over 40. Texas is putting up 40 on Washington. The defensive and offensive lines in the Pac-12 stink. Stink. Just look at these statistics. USC couldn't stop the run, and they couldn't run when they had the ball. They could pass the ball. And this is a Louisville Cardinals team that, in my book, nothing special. They put up six points against the Florida State team that got snubbed. So did Florida State deserve to get snubbed? As I've said, yes, they did. I'm sorry. You played horrible teams. You played a horrible schedule. You played Louisville in the finals of the ACC. You beat them 16-6. USC just threw 42 on Louisville. Their quarterback, who'd never started a game before in the college, threw for six touchdowns. It should have been seven touchdowns. Like I don't even think they punted the whole game. Louisville's defense was pathetic, and I don't care who was sitting for them. They couldn't stop anything with a passing game. Well, guess what? You know, the game was tighter against Florida State, where it was 16-6, where they played for the ACC championship. Why? Because Florida State couldn't pass the ball. Well, guess what? Florida State here coming up, they're going to be playing a team that can pass the ball. Georgia. And in my, my world here, 
I say Georgia's coming into this game looking, I mean, to blow somebody out. I don't know how else to put it. The spread for that game, I think, is up to 19 and a half. It was originally 14. I'm going to try and click on it while I'm talking. It was originally 14, 13 and a half. It inches up 14 and a half. We got Florida State, some guys falling out this. But after last night's game, now it's jumped up. It's up to 19. Can you imagine that? Florida State's undefeated. I haven't lost the game all year. And the betting public says they're getting 19 points against Georgia. I'm here to tell you it should be 30. Florida State, I don't see how you're up for the game. You already got snubbed for the national title just to even have a chance to compete against it. And now, yeah, Georgia might be the same same level where, hey, they, they feel like they should have been in, but they got a young quarterback who can throw the ball. Florida State ain't been playing teams that can throw the ball. If you watch, my goodness, Louisville last night. Huh. The athletes, just a disparity on the offensive side of the ball with Louisville where they would throw the ball to those guys. And the USC side, these guys were sprinting like world-class sprinters. It was amazing. So I love this time of year with college football. As we said, Boston College at 11 o'clock today. You're getting football all day today for college. You're getting it for tomorrow, too. Kentucky, Clemson, Oregon State plays Notre Dame tomorrow. Oregon State, Notre Dame. Notre Dame favored by six and a half. Interesting. Why is that? Because the Pac-12 stinks. Oregon State's getting six and a half from Notre Dame. The Pac-12 is not good. Washington's tough. Now, that's the thing I'll tell you. Michael Penix, Washington... They're not, they're winners. Washington is definitely proven to be winners. They beat Oregon twice in two games when people thought that they weren't going to win. The second time they played here in the Pac-12 championship, everybody was still picking Oregon. Washington goes in, handles business. They're tough. And they got athletes on the offensive side of the ball. Texas is going to get exposed a little bit on the offense, on defensive side of the ball. That's my prediction. That game, I cannot wait. The other one that everybody's going to be looking forward to, January 1st, Alabama and Michigan, baby. Talked a little bit about it yesterday. Alabama just always wins these games. Alabama just, I mean, Nick Saban knows how to motivate a team, knows how to, to win when the money's on the line, baby. Jim Harbaugh, not so much. Jim Harbaugh, good coach, great coach, I'd say. People in the know in football, hey, he's done it in the NFL. With, the, with San Francisco, got him to the, to the finals, and then he goes to Michigan and rebuilds this program. Michigan was not in a good state when he got there. He's had a down year or two as being the head coach, but for the most part, steady stream upward. And now, people think Michigan's going to win it all? Michigan's your betting favorite to be the national title winner in the NCAA? This season, I don't see it. Alabama, you got a coach who wins these games. And on the other side, Michigan, you got a coach who loses these games. Why is the result going to be any different this year? Insanity. Right? Doing the same thing over and expecting different results. Seems to me, winners win. Guys that don't win, don't win. Stay tuned. That's going to be an interesting take. I can't believe 2023 is almost over. Monday, coming up, we're starting a brand new year. Between now and then, we got action. We got action. The next segment when we come back, I promise you, 
I will be talking hockey. I will be talking about the Bruins because I watched the game and I took a whole page of notes. I got to be able to talk to people about this in case you don't know. Bruins win last night, 4-1 to one over Buffalo. And I saw three of the goals, power play goals. I love me some of this geeky guy. Big fan of him. We got him off the scrap heap, it seems like, from Seattle. I don't understand why they didn't want this guy because he's not making a ton of money. But when I watch him play every single game, he's making plays. I don't know much about hockey. So maybe someone would say, oh, well, he's terrible at this or he's terrible at that. I don't see it. I see him getting in the mix and scrums. I see him hustling for pucks. I see him making smart plays. I see him just picking people clean. Geeky. If you're not watching the Bruins and you want to start, he's number 39 center. I think he's your third line center. Dude makes plays. Jake DeBrusque, another guy who had his ups and downs in previous years. He wanted out of Boston. But he's making a difference right now. Him and Charlie Coyle last night connected a couple times. Beautiful assists. And Coyle, he's got a nasty, nasty shot to finish things off, boy. You you leave him, he's a sniper. You leave a hole open in that net, and Charlie Coyle's the guy we want to be getting our puck to. I know we love Pasternak, I know we love Marshan, but right now, for my money, when I'm watching, Charlie Coyle, get him the puck. And get me the microphone. The Sports Machine with Slim is here on WKXL Radio. We're coming back to talk hardcore Bruins hockey over the next 10 minutes you can stay tuned listen to us on 1450 am 103.9 fm in concord 101.9 fm in manchester or nhtalkradio.com we're coming right back and we might have a surprise for you Machine with Slim is going hardcore Bruins right now. Hardcore Bruins fans? Uh, well, actually, we're probably not going to tell you much. You probably already know more than me, as I've said. Now, I do have a guest in studio that I would hope to add some flavor and some good content to the discussion. But let me just set the stage. Last night, put the kids to bed, settle in. I'm in fr- ready to turn on the TV. Boom. There's 15 minutes left in the first period. Bruins are already up one to nothing. Absolutely fantastic. Love to see that. Guess what, though? The downside, I didn't know the name of the guy that scored the goal. And and honestly, this is what you get from me. Mason Lowry, I don't even know how to pronounce the name. I think he's number six. Mason Lowry, he gets paired up with Charlie McAvoy, which I haven't watched enough of McAvoy this year to really tell you uh, one way or the other. But what I have seen, I don't love from him. The Bruins, one nothing. We go on to score three other power play goals during the game. We beat a Buffalo team that I think is very subpar, at least was last night. I guess their number one center was out of the game for personal reasons. That came about like an hour before the puck drop. I don't really know why that was. But I will tell you, Buffalo on the power play for the last, uh, it was like 12 games, four goals in 38 attempts. And I know the Bruins shut down like a five-on-three for a period last night. They shut down a five-on-four for a four-minute stretch after uh, Marchand got a penalty and then kept talking and wised off to the refs, pulling a Jason Tatum on us. And there was a four-minute penalty the Bruins had to kill. So 
What am I missing? Uh, our resident WKXL hockey expert, Jane Cormier, is in the studio. She's an expert because she knows a lot more than me about the Bruins, so I asked for her opinion. What's, my, what's your take on what the Bruins did last night? I hate to say it. I think that the Bruins need so much more than uh, than what they've they've got on there right now. I mean, I love the team. Um, they're down two two players. I think they need winger, another winger, scorer, winger, right? A real good scorer, winger, and they need to have someone that's going to spark. They're missing the spark. Um, Marchand always was the guy you could count on most of the games anyway to give him some spark and, and he got assists last night he got two assists you know he's always in the, in, the, in the corner he'll fight hard but I think poor Brad's getting old and uh, I think it's showing because when you start seeing this, the neutral zone and they're playing in the neutral zone I've never seen Marchand have the puck taken away from him so much as I'm seeing this year. And and the neutral zone is where the Bruins are having the most problem, you know, because once it's in your zone, it's up to the defense, right? It's up to the defense to save as much as they can and help that goaltender. But if you do not control the neutral zone, right, which is the zone before you end up in the offensive or defensive end, you're screwed. And they are not, even from the beginning, even when they were having that huge, uh, that nice long stretch of wins, I was never thrilled with how they were controlling the neutral zone. And that's because they're down that spark. It's spark that gets that neutral zone because it's, it, it's the guy that gets to that puck first and that's, that's planning ahead for the, you know, where the play is going to go. So they're not, that's what they're missing. They get into the zone, even offensive, in the, in the offensive zone. He, they, they do well because they, they're getting better with who's playing what. Well, there's, but, there's some new players that have come right. up this season. I, mean, I can tell that just from my limited hockey experience and exposure. What I will tell you is even with some of this turnover, the Bruins last year had the best record, regular yeah. season record of all time yeah. in hockey. And then crapped out come the playoffs. Well, I this know. year, we're second in the Eastern Conference. I thought we were first, but I think our recent uh, string of losing four, four losses, out of six. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, But right now, we're still second in the Eastern Conference, so we're obviously doing great, but as I watched uh, last night, uh, it just seemed like, yeah, it seemed like we turned the puck over too many times, and Buffalo just looked, yeah. I mean, they turned the puck over more than us. Buffalo's got a decent record, I think. Oh, no, they don't. It's down they, there. They're they down stink. there. They're 14 yeah. and 18, so yeah. maybe yeah. that's why. And my untrained eye even was able to detect, yeah, Buffalo's not too good. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, if anybody's watching the New York Rangers this year, they are seriously kicking butt, and I think they're the ones that in our in our in our division, our conference or whatever, um, are the best. Is that the best one? Right now, yeah. yeah, yeah, they got forty nine points. The they Bruins do. They're, they're just, you know what? Watch them. That's what we're missing. You know, when you see the clearing of their zone, that's how you know who's going to win. I swear, because for the past what 15, 14 games, say f- well, I won't go fourteen. Say ten. I could say 10. Uh, the big problem is they can't clear the zone. The Bruins can't clear their zone. They're, they're having real trouble with that. That's the defensive, uh, you know, folks' fault. I think Hampus Lindholm, watching him last year, I thought this dude was like the best defensive player I've seen uh, in these parts for, for years. Yeah. Years. And then in the playoffs, he struggled, and then it came out after the playoffs last He's year. Hurt. He was hurt. He, yeah. had a, he was battling an injury. Yeah. Now, this year as I watch, he looks like he's an absolute rock again, but I don't know who's out there with him. Like, Charlie McAvoy gets a lot of press because he was you know, drafted by the Bruins or whatever mm-hmm. and kind of grew up around here, mm-hmm. so we love him. But I don't see him being just an absolute <clears throat> stopper. He, you know what, Jimmy? He's not, uh, he's, not, he's not the guy that is impressive by what he does. He's the guy, what he does in numbers. 
You know what I'm saying? He doesn't always have the, the play that you go, wow, look at that. Although last night, uh, I believe he was the guy that saved the goal by hitting the puck out of the net midair. Right? That's pretty cool. Uh, you know, what's the shot of that, right? All that garbage going on in front of the net, and he's right there, and he... He hits the park. I didn't know uh, that was McAvoy. I, I did. See I believe that, that was McAvoy. But you know, he does a lot of little things that you don't really notice, right? Because they're not as big a play or flashy a play. But I think everybody in the NF in the NHL, if you if you listen to even commentators and other other teams, all agree that he is. He's he's a great defenseman. It is a general perception of, of him. I know that amongst the league, but I just know from last year in the playoffs, I saw him so many times in our own end turn the puck over to the other team, yeah. and it led to a goal. And I'm yeah. just like, how was this he, guy talked yeah. as a... a uh, I got you. And, and I'm seeing it this year occasionally, too. So you're not you're not wrong about that. But, you know, he has had a lot of injuries. I think he's had a, a couple of concussions recently, hasn't he? That, that uh, McAvoy... Sustained, and uh, you know, last night, just if you were watching the game, you had to have laughed. Um, there was one point where I think it was the second quarter, second period. Uh, Marchand goes into the corner, into the is banged into the into the, uh, you know, boards. not the corner of the boards, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was like a two play, and if if you watched it, it didn't look like it was such a big deal. But the guy that hit him not only knocked his knocked him pretty good low in the neck area and then smacked him on the other side so that the visor came down and cut the crap out of his nose all right so he's sitting there bleeding and and it was a late call <laughs> i was like you know all right come on stop it we're, we're giving kids we're giving them like little bumps little little pecks and you get the call for the you know for the penalty he was just standing there it was a wonderful visual he was just standing there looking around saying like what the heck you know and his nose is you know, bleeding. It was a twofer. You know, the guy got him down and then hit him on the other side. And unless you, I guess, were the ref and saw the other side of it. But yeah, cut his nose real good. He was the off dude's for a tough. Bit. Brad Marsh, oh and I, I would love to see him get into another Stanley Cup. Like the Bruins yeah. with this team, with Bergeron, now he's not here. But I mean, we've been successful during the regular season. We had the one incredible, <clears throat> pardon me, yep. uh, Stanley Cup run. But uh, I just haven't seen the playoff run from Marshan in these other years. I just would love to see him get into a zone during a playoff run where he's putting in a goal every game or two yeah. and, because it'd just be fun to watch because he's such a little pest. He is a pest, and he has no fear. That's what I love about him. No fear. doesn't matter how big or rough or tough they are. He'll go in there, and he's like the mosquito. He's just keep, <laughs> keep biting you and drawing blood. And let's face it, it's hockey. You know, that's part of the game. So yeah. I'm hoping this Bruins team can find a way to land a player or two, just like yes. Florida did last year with Kachuk. They're always available around the, the trade deadline, and I think we all know you need somebody sturdy, strong, yeah. who's going to be able to, to handle the puck, take a check, fight it off, and still handle it uh-huh. enough to get it out of the zone. Whether that's a defenseman or like a penalty-killing forward, Maybe you can help with some of that stuff. That's where Bergeron... Is there any way we could get Bergeron just to come back and walk no. back with like 20 oh. to 30 games? Why? <laughs> Tom Brady, Brett Favre, all these no, guys no, no, in no. the past have Not done in it. Hockey. Why can't hockey players do no, it? No, no, no. I mean, these guys, two, three minutes when they're skating one one loop, man, they're tired. They're going to take a break. I mean, how exhausting. They're doing this on a blade of, of metal. I mean, think about that. That's crazy stuff. Do you know what nobody is discussing? I haven't heard anyone talk about it, and it's because it's a you know it's a trashy topic. But Luchik, 
being thrown out here. You know, he's taken on yeah. ra- absence, leave of absence. I know it's controversial and stuff, but how <laughs> how that has hindered the Boston game because that's exactly why they brought him back. He was an enforcer. He was going to be a guy that would fight in those corners like nobody. Listen, don't let anybody kid you. When the other team knows that that guy's going into that corner with everything that he's got, they start looking. And if you notice in the Bruins right now, nobody's looking to see who's coming at him. Because we don't do it. We don't lick him in the corner anymore. I mean, you might have Marchand. He knows how to do it. But basically, when you see them digging in the corner, that's why they're, I believe that that's why they're having trouble clearing their their, their side of the, of the ice because they're just not, people aren't scared of them. It's pretty obviously a missing piece since he's yeah. been gone. We haven't been playing as well. Enough for nothing. He was playing with some skill too. People look at he, him as a fighter, but no. I saw him making some, some real plays. We're going to come back. We might talk a little bit more Bruins action. We're going to talk some previewing of the NFL game tonight. WKXL Radio. This is the Sports Machine with Slim. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, 101 F, uh, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. We're coming right back. Next Generation Sports Talk Radio. I got a question here for Jane Cormier, who's in studio, a Bruins expert at (laughs) WKXL, a resident expert. I talked the other day about the goalie situation for the Bruins. Swayman plays one game, Allmark plays the next game. They seem to be bouncing back and forth every other game. And you can see these two like each other because at the end of the games, it's just such an honest, natural heartfelt expression of like happiness for the other guy. Like, hey, nice game where they both put their arms up in the air and they're giving a big hug to the other guy. Congratulations. There seems to be no jealousy. And for me, that's the type of camaraderie that a championship level team has. So my question, uh, Jane, and what I brought up the other day is, if you're going to keep both these guys on the roster through to the into the playoffs, I believe you need to go Every other game, every other guy, keep with the same thing you're doing during the regular season. What do you think about that, Ted? Sure, if it works that way. I mean, obviously these guys love each other. It's more than just the hug. Watch the game and see them sitting on the edge of the benches. And, you know, when the guy occasionally comes over and skates over to the bench and, and how they're greeted. There is no animosity. There's no jealousy. And you know what that comes from? Because they both know they're great. When you know you're good... You don't have to worry about anyone else. You can just savor the moment. And that's what it is with those two. But I will say this. I think that Omar should be traded. Oh, my. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a big take. That okay, interesting. Get, get something for Omar because he's going to bring in something big. We need that piece. We need that missing piece. And, uh, you know, I know people go, oh, my God, you know, he, he won the whole thing last year. It's all true. He did. Great goaltender, right? But Sway is a great goaltender, too. He's a few, you know, he could build on him. And, boy, if we could pull out a big, you know, a winger or maybe a, a defenseman or two really solid, right, you know, solid technicians, yeah. why not? We're I'm missing it. I'm with you. Two years ago, I remember saying Swayman should be playing. Swayman should be playing. That was in the playoffs. Then last year, I was saying the same thing because last regular season, we already talked about how they had the best regular season record of all time in the NHL. Linus Almark started 
49 games. Swayman started 37. So that's almost every other game, like 49-37, it's close enough. Swayman played a ton. Yet when the playoff series started against Florida, it was like, oh, Mark, we're going to keep rolling you out there. And, and for me, I say, that just messes with the team chemistry and mindset. Like, why would you play a goalie every other day when you really can't tell who the number one goalie is? Like, you, you don't know his stats who the were better, better guy is. His, his stats, stats were better. His stats were better, but we were winning games with yeah. Swayman. I mean, look at the record. What was it? 24-6 and six and 40 and... Six. Okay, so I'll mark. But yeah, <laughs> the stats. He was the better. Back up my numbers. He was right, but I mean, we're talking building future now, right? I mean, Omark is a great goaltender. I I know that he's a bit older than uh, Sway, right? And he does have a little bit more experience. I think there's a, you know, little bit more there. But no, I say if you could, if we could solve this problem, and uh, get somebody in here that could, because now's the time. Now's the time. You have two guys. Well, and, and, and just for this year's stats, 17 games played for both of them. Guess what? Both have 10 wins. Almark mm-hmm. got five losses. Swayman got two losses. So the statistics for this year, goals against that per game. Swayman, 2.17. Almark, mm-hmm. 2.87. Yeah. The, the biggest thing for me is when you get to the playoffs, we've seen goalies win the Stanley Cup right. almost by themselves. I mean, Tim Thomas kind of did it for us. Yes, he, was he ins- did. He was insane he was during awesome. that run. So you can have a guy who just catches fire and, and is a winner and wins. Well, what has Elmark ever won in his career? Oh, stop. He was a great goaltender last He was great. Yeah, but, you know, you can't take that away from him. And and listen, just because I say trade him doesn't mean because I think he's a you know a dump. He's not. He's he's a great goaltender. But the thing is, is we really do need to fill a couple of positions. And this, you know, we're lucky to have I think this opportunity to maybe use that because there are teams that di- they are in dire need of somebody that has a two point goal against. I mean, you know, come on, that's crazy numbers really they're the two like two best in the league right now aren't they when i watch the games they're both making high caliber saves yes we're still scoring some goals they're giving up some goals we lost four in a row i mean it wasn't uh but they've been getting peppered i just think that swayman is a heck of a player and omar is a heck of a player too so if we're going to keep them both you can't just say we're gonna all of a sudden start to ride one of you guys oh, yeah. through the playoffs. You need to say, all right, well, our team is good enough. We're not gonna trade either one of these two guys because, uh, like you said, uh, if you need a player or two to clear the zone, you need a strong defenseman. Well, how are you gonna get them? Do you got them in the minor leagues? Well, no. Well, then you need to give up something to get them if you want that high caliber of player. Yeah. It seems to me our best trade asset would be one of the goalies. Right. Right. But if I agree with you, I don't think this year that they will do that. I think that they will go one and one. This year, because I, I think so. they know now what they can do. Well, what, why not? Last year, that didn't work. Like, because and we the haven't numbers had were different. Around here. Yes, okay. I, I can understand that. But for me, I just say some guys play better when it's crunch time, whether it's football, yeah, yeah. basketball. Some dudes make the three-point shot to win the game. Jason Tatum, some dudes miss the three-point <laughs> shot to win the game. So I want the guy who, like, has the cojones to be like, I want to be in the net, and I want my time. And Swayman, I just feel like, hasn't gotten that shot in the playoffs yet during his career mm-hmm. with the Bruins. So if, if it's not going to be this year, I'm fine with it, but you better at least go every other game. Don't yeah. have that kid sitting on the bench for another playoff yeah, run. It's going to be one and done again, I'll tell you right now. Well, uh, we, won't, we won't do well at all if... if uh if we don't fix this problem right now, 
we got a serious problem. We, we, we need to fix the problem of having an enforcer, and we need to fix the problem of being able to have a defenseman that can really assist with clearing that zone and saving that goaltender from having to put up 40 shots, you know, put out 40 shots a game. I wonder what we have available for like trade value because last year we made a couple of nice trades, right? I don't remember if it was giving up former draft picks. I forget even the names of the guys that yeah, we brought know. in. Yeah, but we brought in a couple of dudes. We've got a caller, I think, on the line. It's running towards the end of the show, so we only got a couple minutes. But we'll go ahead. Hopefully, you want to talk Bruins. If you want to be talking something else, we're gonna have to shift gears in a hurry. Go ahead. No, I'll be I'll be real quick. I want to talk Bruins. I, I just think you know, if you look at every other sport, when you have two guys that are really good at their position, you have redundancy, and, and that's a great thing. But you don't see them hold on to two players. You would have never seen the Patriots hold on to Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo, right? <laughs> what, what, what happened? You trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Your window with these guys, especially with Marchand, you had it with Bergeron last year. Like If you could have traded one of those goalies and potentially got another piece, that might have been the difference in winning a Stanley Cup. So like, at some point, you have to, you have to fish or cup bait. You have to pick your goalie, and you have to move forward, and then you got to bring somebody else in to, to be the backup. That's my only comment. I'll hang up and listen. Thank yep, you. I well, agree. I was going to ask who we would want to keep then. I mean, we'd all be probably in agreement that Swayman would be the guy just because he, I mean, he, it seems to me he's kind of grown up around here, and, and I, I just like, I mean, he's from Alaska. <laughs> Originally is where he's born. But How for, old is he? He's uh, looking at this real quick. Sorry, yeah, 25 years 25. old. So, I mean, you're just a kid, yeah. kind of, sort of, here at, the, yeah. at this. And great level. attitude. I, I just like him. That I don't really want to get rid of, of Omar only because the two of them have great chemistry together. It's like, I feel that is a strength, but I don't know there the status of the rest of the no. talent of the, of the team. That, can There's we win no a title? There's no cup. There's no cup unless you fill what the, the void is right now. And we don't have the assets to go and get those those voids. Correct. So, wouldn't that be a sad day if uh, we got to walk into one of these guys and be like, hey, you're out. I wonder if the two of them will do the big arms in the air hug. <laughs> like, oh, see you later, they friend. Will. They um, will. Well, it depends which one. One of them might be might be upset that they're getting traded. I don't know. Omar is a real laid-back guy. You know? I love him. Like, Last he night, he, he was sitting on the bench, and a puck come by him uh, over the glass, and he, he puts his arm up, and he catches it out of nowhere. <laughs> Because <laughs> it was going into the stands, and he catches it, and you could just see everybody. Yeah. Look how cool this guy was! Just reached up the arm, and he's laughing. He knows the camera's on him, and yeah, there's a yeah. kid next to him in the glass, you know, behind the glass. And the kid's like, "Hey, can I have that puck? Hey, hey, can I have it?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll give it to you. Hold on a second. So I, that, that that type of guy, I don't really want to leave my team. No, I know, you know what I, know. I mean? But he's got he's going to be okay, no matter where he goes. He'd be fine. <laughs> you know, he's got that personality that's just go with the flow. He really is laid back. And, uh, you know, he'd be okay with everyone. He's going to make a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy for that. I just, what's the best way with the Bruins? Do we have the talent to get the Stanley Cup this year? No. And if the, from watching last night, I would tend to agree. I just, the turnovers, the inability to kind of finish some things. Past the neck, as much as I like him, he's got an incredible slap shot. But I don't really feel like just on drives to the net, that he's the best, and that would kind of be backed up by his penalty shot percentage. He bats like 28% in penalty shots at the end of the game here, you know, when it goes into overtime to get the three guys go out there. He's he, he, one of the three premier players in the scorers in the league, Jim. I can find Period. fault with anyone. I can I find fault with anybody. No, he's number one. He was two last year in points. Uh, he, I think he's, you know, he's not quite up there now, but he'll come in. He, the kid's a winner. The kid's a winner. I'm a fan. I, I want to see us get, at least get past the first round. 
I mean, the sports machine with Slim, next generational sports talk radio here in New Hampshire. I want to be talking about the Bruins in <laughs> May. I want to be talking about Bruins' playoff run here as it goes through every day. I don't want it to be cut short. So if it's trade one of the goalies, great. Whatever we got to do, just make the right moves out there, Bruins experts. <laughs> You're listening to WKXL Radio. Stay tuned. We got some good stuff. Coming up tomorrow on Friday's show, you can catch us on 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, or on nhtalkradio.com.